The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see! Well, I must have not been paying attention When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could I got nothing repeat here. the question? Facebook is just not working on my end here. Oh. I'm checking it on my end. I mean, it already says we got seven people watching. Oh, it's trying, though. Yeah. There must have been something in all of that method that dropped me I want everyone doing the papa pies. And I can tell if you're not doing it. You in the green car, you've been not doing it for the last couple weeks. I expect you to do it now. Here it comes. That was pretty sad on my part. We have microphones. We're trying not to blow people's eardrums. But the girl in the blue couch that's listening on her iPod, she did a good job. Gorgeous voice. Just a little It's driving me out of my mind One of these days I'm going to bring Melvin Taylor in to do the song live before oh the show. Oh my God, Wouldn't please. that be fun? That would be the coolest thing ever. He'll do anything for a hundred bucks. Really? Gonna, yep. Throw him a hundred bucks someday and have him come <laughs> in and just do it live. Please. Maybe when we do our scholarships. I was going to say the comedy night. Right. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Talking to me. I'm letting the... I'm letting the song run because I have nothing to talk about. You've always got something to talk about. Come on. I don't believe that for a second. There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't quite so easy to see. And I must have missed something. Alrighty, I guess we'll start the show. Alright. I don't know why. I have nothing to talk about, but we'll start the show anyway. Hi, how you guys doing? My name is Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention podcast, I'm not sure why, at the Studio, 20, <laughs> Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, and we want to thank the United Podcast Network. I thought for sure, I thought for sure after last week's show we were going to be banned from, from doing live shows. I am in Facebook jail, though. I, we will talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's just so ridiculous. We, I mean, I, there's a word I want to use, but I can't use it because even though you can, I can swear on the show, there were, there were just certain things that, like, I want to say this is the most retarded thing that I've ever seen in my life. Oh, you're but right. Then, the PC police are right, going to come but, after but, you. But then, like, but then I get hate mail on it. You know what I mean? And people don't pay attention to what I'm talking about. They just seize on that. Yep. So I'm not going to do that. Um, well, yeah. First of all, I want to thank our sponsors. Three new sponsors. I, 
Like, You're doing something right, Tom. How do I quit the show? Well, you don't. How don't do I stop me. doing the show when every time I say, okay, look, I've just got no more time for this anymore. And it's fun. I like doing it, but but I don't have no time to do it anymore. And every time I say, okay, I'm going to do like another month and then I'm out. And then the phone rings and I get three more sponsors. And I'm like, now how do I do that? They're in for three months. They're, all three of them are in for three months. They all want you to stay. So it's like, so I, don't, I. I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I hate all of you. Please go away. I don't want you listening to my show. I don't want you. I don't want you sponsoring my show. And maybe, maybe that's maybe that's how that's how you get people in. You tell them you don't want them, yeah. and people always do what you tell them not to do. Right? I'll do the opposite. You guys, I'd like to still have a job, so please keep supporting. That's Tom. true for, for Chrissy. Chrissy does <laughs> do need a job. Me. If we're gonna do it, we'll just do it for Chrissy. <laughs> She's got the cutest voice in the world too. Aww. Thanks. So, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, AFC Urgent Care. We love Lisa Williams, and it's almost time for her to come back. I think. Um, if for no other reason, but she's just tremendous to look at and I'm always my happiest when I'm around beautiful women. And so when I have her here, it's always like the highlight of my day. So maybe we'll see if we can get, uh, Lisa Williams from AFC urgent care to come and talk about the vaccines yeah. and we'll like, we'll make an excuse for her to like to come. We'll have her talk about Johnson and Johnson and all that stuff. Don't worry. We all saw your face when you had the panel of all women the other week. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was great. Tom's um, the happiest man. I was. And then we all hung out <laughs> afterwards for about an hour in the parking lot. Awesome. And, um, and, and th- that was one of those occasions where I didn't want to go. Yeah. And they were like, okay, we got to go. And I'm like, no, stay, stay no, a little longer. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> they were great. Also, I want to thank Borelli's Deli, which every Thursday after the show, mm-hmm. I go to Borelli's Deli. I, I don't always go in because uh, I don't always have a mask on me. But I have the person that I'm with always runs in for me and gets my meats. And I always like to go in because I like to say hi to Don Smirglio. He's a great guy. And he does a lot for the community. And we even, we love Borelli's Deli so much. They sponsor the show and they also buy an ad in the paper. But they buy like a small ad on the inside of the paper. And I love their meat so much and I love what Don does so much that for free, for no cost, we put their ad at the very top, an extra ad for them at no cost, up the very top of the Valley Patriot underneath the banner so everyone can see that we love Borelli's Deli. And uh, we, awesome. we want them to go there and get – not just – it's not just deli meats, by the way. You can go – you can get um, uh, one night uh, – a couple of nights in a row, uh, people who donate food for the homeless at the TMF family dinner for the homeless on Wednesday nights went to Borelli's Deli. And they got – they didn't just get deli meats. They got like meatballs and ziti and a whole bunch of other stuff. Oh, yeah. So even though I always say it's deli meats because that's what I get. I get the deli meats and I get the steak and chicken. Um, but they, they have all kinds of other stuff too. And – by the way, great lunch sandwiches. If you want, uh, if you if you work in like the East Methuen area and you've got some time for lunch, call Borelli's Deli in advance. Give them your order. Show up. I've never waited in line more than five minutes ever. Like I've been going there for years and years and years. I've never waited more than five minutes in line. The hot food is fantastic. I just will reiterate. Dave here at Two Guys Smoke Shop has used them uh, catering for some of his functions before, and I, I help out when they're oh, here. Right. And oh my goodness, last time we used Borelli's and. People would not shut up. Oh, my God, where is this from? Mm-hmm. It's absolutely delicious, mm-hmm. folks. So it's not just me saying it because they no, advertise it's, it's actually no, true. No, it really is true. They are amazing. And uh, and Dave did come to me and he said, hey, we're having some events. Do you have anybody that cares that sponsors your show? We want to help them if they're helping you. And I said, well, we've got Borelli's, but they're like in Methuen. You're in Salem. He said, no, we're going to go use Borelli's. So I, I always appreciate yep. whenever you guys go and you help out one of our advertisers – and especially when you tell them that you're helping them because they're one of our advertisers, that helps them to re-up their ads, which helps us. 
and it helps you guys because you get great food. So please always do that. Mm-hmm. Also want to thank EIS Investigation and Gun Training. Uh, we love those guys. They've been with us through all of the controversy in Methuen. And unlike other people who said when they give their word, they keep their word, these guys actually kept their word. Good. So long after Joe Solomon's no longer the chief in Methuen, no longer, no, long after I can do anything for him as the police chief in Methuen, they stuck with us uh, because when they give their word, they actually keep their word. Uh, I want to thank uh, Angelo over there at A&M Auto Body. Over there. Uh, we tried to get him in for the paper, but he said, no, 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 I want the podcast. And I'm trying to steer people away from the podcast so I can quit. But they're like, no, we don't want the paper. We want the podcast. This is where it's so, at, people. So, they know. So one of the things I am going to do, and I am going to do it this week, I'm going to make, I'm going to make sure it's on my schedule. Um, what I want to you know that little 30-second thing we have at Borelli's Deli? We went live and yeah. we're showing all the deli meats. I'm going to do the same thing with Angelo. Awesome. We're going to go and gonna have Angelo do like um, auto tips, you know, things to keep your battery running right, stuff like that. And she's only going to be like a minute or so. What a great idea. Just so that he can kind of like show people that, you know, he's, he's an expert at what he does and to give him a little bit more, you know, a little bit more publicity to help him out. And then we'll take it and we'll isolate it out of the show. We'll, we'll edit, edit that commercial out of the show and run it on its own. And we'll post it like on all, the, all our, when I'm not in Facebook jail, say, in, when you're in all of our social yep. media platforms. <laughs> Uh, I can do it for you. I'm not in jail. I also want to thank Ron Marsan, Ron Marsan, uh, Marsan and Sun Construction. Um, I uh, got up on, I think it was Saturday morning, which t- to everyone else means Saturday afternoon. Um, and I went to my Facebook page, and there was Ron Marsan, former Methuen City Councilor, in Aruba with his towel boy or whatever he had, like the cabana boy that like comes takes takes to, to take care of you, holding a Valley Patriot in Aruba. <laughs> And so we have this, we have awesome. this thing where we love to have uh, – it started with Kathy Rami. Kathleen Corey Rami is a former Methuen City Councilor. She's a friend of ours, and she travels – that's all she does is travel. In fact, quite frankly, I don't even, I don't even know what else she does do for, like, for work or anything. But her and her husband travel all over the world every day. Like she's never here. Um, and so she, about maybe five or six years ago, took a Valley Patriot with her, and they did this um, European tour. And they went to Stockholm, and they went to Denmark, and they went to Italy, and they went to Rome, and they had a Valley Patriot picture in front of like the Colosseum, <laughs> in front of the that big that big uh, steeple building in Stockholm, and in front of the, in front of the uh, the Vatican. And so we said, "Hey, Valley Patriot around the world, if you take a Valley Patriot with you on vacation." And take a picture of you, like somewhere where we can recognize wherever you are. Right. You know, like, like if you're in St. Petersburg, Russia, you do it in front of like St. P- the Cathedral, right? Okay. Um, and then we put it in the paper and say the Valley Patriot around the world. And the people who bring the Valley Patriots with them on vacation, they always bring extras. And they leave like one on the plane. If they take a bus, if they're in Italy, they take a, they take, take a, they'll leave one on the bus. That's awesome. So we've got Valley Patriots circling all over the world, and that's not an exaggeration, even though there's not a lot of them, but they are. Um, all over the world. And I've got another friend, Henry Cerbani. Um, and we never talk about this. I don't know why. Probably because we usually have like really important stuff to talk about. But today we're just going to talk about like this, uh, yeah. at least for a little bit. Um, Henry Cerbani lives in Haifa in Israel. And he owns a pizza shop in Haifa. And every Friday he brings 50 pizzas for free to the front lines for the troops. Wow. For the IDF, the Israeli Defense League uh, forces. Uh, on the Palestinian border, where they have you know all the rockets are being fired and everything else, so he emailed me and and asked me if I would run a story about what was going on in Israel. Well, I'm very pro-Israel, so I was okay with that. And when I ran it, 
he emailed me again and said, can you send me a bunch of copies? And when I go to the front lines, I'll leave copies with like the troops. I'll have something to read. Now, a lot of the local stuff they won't understand, but we have like dog columns and national stuff and all that stuff. They'll, they'll be able to read and they'll like. And then he sent me a picture of him on the front lines. You can actually see like explosions in the background. Wow. And it's him with the IDF soldiers holding the Valley Patriot. Every once in a while, we'll throw that up online just for fun. Um, so we really are all over the world uh, at this point, wow. not just like online where um, we can see who we can see what countries people are reading the Valley Patriot from, from where they where they hit uh, on the website, on the analytics. And we really do. We've got a, we've amazingly enough. We've got probably about 500 people that read the Valley Patriot in Saudi Arabia. Wow. And I have no idea why. I can right. surmise that, it, that they're American troops that are from this area, maybe right. trying to catch up on what's going on back home. Um, but it's nice to see, like you look at the map and it shows you, you like you got 25 here and a hundred here and 400 here. We have people from all over the globe who, who watch the show, who read the Valley Patriot online. And, um, and obviously when people bring Valley Patriots to other countries and leave them there, we have people doing that. What about too, my so. spot? Can you recall? I'll so, put you on the spot. Australia. That? What about Australia? Anyone? I don't know, but I'll look. I'll have to go represent. Right. Yeah. I'll have to go look for, for Australia. Um, I'll send some over. I'll take a stack. Home. It is a pretty sexy accent though. I have to say. I appreciate um, it. I think the sexiest accents are, and I only know this because I did with Siri. I was looking for a sexy accent. Yeah, right? <laughs> I remember. So first we went, first I did like the English accent, but I don't really, it's not really that sexy. I was looking for an Irish accent because I find that very sexy with that Gaelic accent. Yep, Irish is very cool. And then I found um, Australia and South Africa. And I like those two the most, so they I bounce back and forth. I do. They're very similar. Well, you've got me now. So That's Siri true. can be That's South true. African. I'll do the Australian. I got it's you. fine. also want to thank, uh, oh, by the way, Marsan and Sun Construction. So I started that with Ron Marsan. Mm-hmm. He owns Marsan and Sun Construction. They will come and they'll fix your roof, put in an addition on your home, uh, whatever it is that you need. And then when you're done, or maybe even while they're doing the work, you should call Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Yeah. Call Dave Consoli. Got to get in now, though. And, well, you have to get in now because last week I said they're booking for June. Mm-hmm. Now they're not booking for June anymore. Now they're booking for July. Wow. Because we had lunch after the show last week, and he said, I know you've been saying June. Please stop. But yeah, <laughs> p- please now say July because they're very booked up. Okay. And that, that is really a testament to the quality of the work that they do. I've spoken to a couple of people who have actually used them because once their ad ran, I had a couple of phone calls from people saying, hey, how do you know that guy? And I said, well, I don't really know him. I know him from Facebook. And then he said he wanted to go out and have lunch, and we did. And then he, he bought some ads. So I don't really know him that well. He sought me out. Uh, and they were like, well, we know him really well. And he's awesome. And then they go on and on and on about how great he is. And I'm like, no, don't, don't call. I appreciate it, but don't call me and tell me how awesome he is. Call him and tell him how awesome exactly. he is. And then thank him for advertising with us. Yep. Because even though he doesn't need the business, he's supporting the podcast because he believes in what we do. And he also wrote a letter to the editor that we're going to put in the next edition of the paper that I know is going to piss off a lot of people, but I'm running it anyway, and if, if it does, it does, and if it doesn't, it doesn't, I know it's well meant. Uh, so we have Ple- uh, Pleasant Valley Landscaping, and we have two new sponsors of the program. I want to make sure we got everybody. Oh, H, uh, HS Investigations uh, is with us, and we're going to start running their ad next week. I actually designed it this morning. And uh, two new sponsors, uh, Ted, Attorney Ted Fairburn, <laughs> and those of you who know me, and those of you who have been following me for a long time, do not drive off the road. Teddy Fairburn is, uh, is coming on board. He's going to be advertising the paper, and we have him sponsoring the show. He does uh, exclusively workers' compensation. So oh. if, you're, if you've had an accident, if you've fallen at work, if you've got a workers' comp case, uh, you should be calling Teddy Fairburn. 
Uh, and we will have a, a phone number for him and everything for next week. He actually technically starts next week. Uh, and by the way, um, our, newest, our, our brand newest sponsor, and it's a place that I'm now eating at a lot because I'm a big lobster guy. Lobster is absolutely my favorite food next to uh, liver and onions, okay. which I know most people go yuck. But most people who go yuck on the liver and onions, they've never tried it. Right. I've had multiple people say liver and onions. Ew. And I'm like, have you ever tried it? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, duh. Yeah. Um, but uh, Happy Crab is on Salem, uh, on 28 in Salem. And I think we've got it in the rotation today, right? Good. We do. I, it's I, on the screen. I did it last minute, so we would make sure we get it in. We got it. Um, and they just opened up, and they're right across from Tomo's. They're owned by uh, the same people who own Tomo's, oh, yeah, which I is know that which is, is the um, sushi Korean hibachi place. Yep. You know, they do the the whole thing with the. Yep. And when we go, I'm the worst customer in the world, right? When we go, unless there's other people at our table, which I hate. If they sit us with like strangers, like I don't like people, don't put anybody, I'll pay you extra yep. if you don't put anybody at my table. <laughs> but when they're busy, they can't, they have to. Right. Uh, but when we're alone, I always say to the guy, look, you don't have to do the whole thing and the lava and the, and the, um, you know, the volcano with the onions. Yeah. You don't have to do any of that. We've seen it a billion times. Please just make our food. Just make yummy food. Yeah, yeah. Just make our food. You don't have to like, you don't have to entertain us. We're going to tip you the same. Yeah. And I always tell them that because they think if they don't do, if they don't do like the egg in the pocket and all that stuff, they, they think they're not going to get a tip. And and I always tell them, we're going to tip you the same. We're going to give you a good tip as long as the food's good. Please just make my food. Yeah. Um, and so I'm the worst customer in the world when it comes to that. But um, across the street from them just opened Happy Crab. Happy and crab. I love lobster. If I could afford lobster, I would eat lobster every day. Um, if you want, if you want to know something to get me for like Christmas, lobster is a good thing. Uh, um, a gift certificate to any place that makes lobster, sells lobster. I'm, Noted. I'm, there was hard eye contact there for anyone watching. I'm, He's letting I'm, me know. I'm, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> um, Happy crab is awesome, and it's actually Cajun, uh, Cajun seafood. Ooh. Right, so I go when I get the lobster because I like lobster. But you can get the Cajun, and it's spicy, and it's got crab and crayfish in it, and shrimp um, with the with the potatoes and the sausage. Um, if you've ever been to like a jambalaya, um, do they call yeah, it's like a jambalaya. Yeah, it's like a jambalaya that they make, Ooh. and that, that's their specialty. I'm excited. Like that's not like a side dish. That's that's their main thing. Uh, and I don't know of any other place that does that. Uh, we had a place called Joe's Crab Shack where Miller's Tavern is right now in Methuen on Pleasant Street. And they, they kind of did that, uh, but they didn't do it well. And the portions weren't that good. And the prices were outrageous. Oh. So Diana DiZoglio, uh, Senator DiZoglio uh, and I used to go there all the time because we both like lobster and, stay, uh, lobster and crab. Um, and we went there one day. <laughs> we, went, we went there one day on a Thursday. And then the following Monday, we went back and it was closed. Aww. Like no notice, no anything. They were just closed. Done. So if you're looking for a good place, if you like seafood and you're looking for a good place to get uh, good seafood, there's a brand new place on 28 in Salem across from Tomo's called Happy Crab. Happy Crab. You'll probably see me there. And you wouldn't think a crab place would do anything good other than crab, right? If that's your specialty, that's what you do, right? No, you got to try the hot wings. Really? Now, I'm a big hot wing guy, all right? And I, I, every, every restaurant that I go to, I judge a restaurant. We're going to be doing restaurant views coming back next month. Um, when I go to a restaurant, I, judge, I mainly judge the restaurant on their appetizers, right? Okay. So when we went to Miller's Tavern, the appetizers, the Irish nachos, everything they brought out were phenomenal. Then the meal came, eh, it was okay. 
But I'm still running around telling everybody you got to go to Miller's Tavern because their appetizers are so good. And I do when I go to lunch with someone, it's usually a business lunch. Right. It's with a politician or someone that wants to buy ads or someone that's got a story for me. So I, I I like to I like to go and order like three or four appetizers, and rarely will I even order a meal for going for lunch. I'll just order a bunch of appetizers yep. for everybody. Um, so I always um, I always will support a local restaurant that has great appetizers. And if the meal is good, fine. If the meal is okay, fine. That's okay too, as long as it's not horrible and as long yeah. as you don't um, screw up my order. Yeah. One thing I do want to talk about a little bit because this is going to be in the next edition of the Valley Page before we get to anything political. Um, I know we're eating time here, but that's okay. You guys listen just to hear my voice anyway. It doesn't really matter what I'm talking about, right? Um, so we're going to, I'm going to be doing, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago and rather than shame, I eat out a lot. I eat at least four days a week and I have noticed since COVID and since things have reopened since COVID that the vast majority of places that I used to love to go to are now mailing it in. Their food's not as good, the portions aren't as big, the prices are higher, and worst of all, the service sucks. So there's a Mexican place that I love to go to. I'm not going to say what it is because it's not about shaming them. It's about making a point. There's a Mexican place that I love to go to. I'm there with my friends all the time. This week, I have decided I'm not going back. When they reopened after COVID, we went back, and I ordered a steak fajita, and I asked them, very simple, when you bring out the steak fajita and it's sizzling... They usually put the peppers and the onions on the bottom, but they don't cook them before they put it on, right? So oh. it's just kind of cooking when they're bringing it out. Right. So I asked them, can you, can you, can you cook them, like burn them? I like things burned. I'm a, I'm a bachelor and I can't cook. So I, I'm used to burning my food and I've, I've acquired a taste for it. So I say, just please do me a favor. Can you, can you burn the onions and the peppers before you bring it out? No problem. They bring it out. It's not that way. I asked for my steak well done. It's not well done. So I said, you know what, COVID... They're just reopening. We'll give them a break. Right. I went back a couple of weeks later. Same exact thing. And not only the same exact thing, but when they brought it out to me, the waitress didn't come back for 15 minutes. Now, normally, they bring you your food. They come back in five minutes, say, is everything okay? Yeah. To make sure if, they, if you get the wrong order, it's not sitting there for 20 minutes. Well, these guys let it sit there for 20 minutes. Oh. So when she came back, I said, listen, I love coming here. It's one of my favorite places. I live not too far away. I live less than a mile away. And it's one of my go-to places. You guys aren't making it easy to come back. And I said, she, she said, why don't you send the food back? Why, if it wasn't right, Tom, why didn't you send it back? And I said, because I used to work in food places. I'm never going to – big tip for you guys. Never send food back ever. Never, never, never. If it's not – unless it's like a totally different meal than what they brought. Like if you wanted steak and they bring you chicken, that's one thing. But if it's not to your liking, never send it back. I watched a guy in a restaurant that I worked in one day. So the waitress brought back and said, uh, yeah, the guy was a real asshole, and um, he said that the, his veal palm isn't the way that he wants it. And the guy picked up the veal palm with his fingers, wiped the underside of the counter <gasps> with it, dipped it in sauce, and put it back on the plate. Now, that's not the exception. I saw that multiple times a night at the various different places that I've worked at over my lifetime. Wow. So never, ever, ever send food back, ever. So she said, why don't you send it back? I said, I'm, I'm, I don't send food back, but do me a favor. We're going to come back one more time. We're going to give it a shot. You don't need to have meetings. You don't need to just tell your cooks if someone asks for it a certain way, please just make it that way. I, I, I don't want to make a federal case out of this. Just make it the way we like it. Went back a third time this past week. It might have even been the fourth time. I think I gave him an extra chance. 
And we went for lunch and the exact same thing. I always order the same exact thing. So you'd think they'd know I was coming at this point, right? Right. They bring me the steak fajita. It's not cooked in the bottom. The steak isn't well done. And I just said, you know what? I think I'm done. And the answer that I got from the waitress was, well, you know, COVID. And I said, look, I'm not trying to be a dick here. But COVID has nothing to do with you listening to my instruction and getting it right. I get that, like, you're shorthanded. Maybe you can't come back to the table for a period of time. I get if you ask for a drink order, you don't come back for a while because you're shorthanded, COVID, all that. But when it comes to getting my order right, you got to get the order right. And if, 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 you, if you screw up once in a while, I'm always going to come back. But now this is like the third or fourth time in a row, so I'm not going back. So why am I building up all this? Because instead of shaming that restaurant and making them feel bad, a, tex- uh, a Mexican place in North Andover, um, we've been to a number of places that we didn't think would do a good job. They did a phenomenal job. And one of them, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just give them a free plug here today, even though they don't advertise Two of them, actually. One is Orzo's in North Andover. Now, I used to go to Orzo's because I had a friend that liked Orzo's, but I hated it. But I went because my friend liked it. The prices were too high. The portions were too small. The service was always pretty good. Um, but the menu wasn't that great. And, and when I asked for a well-done steak, I very rarely got a well-done steak. I don't know what it is with chefs. They don't like to make well-done steaks. What cuisine is Orzo's? Um, it's Italian. Oh, okay. So a friend of mine last week or the week before said hey, have you ever been to this place called Orzo's? And I said, yeah, we used to go before COVID. Not really my favorite place. If you want to go, I'll go. I'm okay, whatever. We went, I was pleasantly surprised. The portions were bigger than they were before COVID. The service was better than it was before COVID. And the prices were lower than they were before COVID. And I had a good time. I got the steak. It was well done. We ordered calamari. It wasn't too rubbery. Uh, when I fin- before I finished my drink, she came back and asked me if I wanted an- another one. And I walked out saying, now, here's a place that I would never come to on my own because of my previous experiences with them prior to COVID. And now that I've come, now I want to go back. So that friend emailed me this morning and said, are we on for lunch this weekend? What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? I said, let's go back to Orzo's. Right. right? The other place that we went to um, that was pleasantly surprising is Joe Fish. Now, Joe Fish is uh, in North Andover on 125. Um, they, about a year before COVID, decided to stop serving deep sea scallops, and they started serving baby scallops. Now, I'm a scallop guy. I go for the deep sea scallops. I want a big scallop. Yeah. And so before COVID, we went a couple of times, and I got the baby scallops, and I asked them, are you ever going to get real scallops back? Because these baby scallops, I mean, they're okay, but they're not, they're not the deep sea scallops. That's what I want. She said, no, no, sorry. This is kind of like, you know, what we're doing right now. The, the price of scallops have gone up and whatever. So I said, I'm not going back to Joe Fish. Not doing it. If I'm going to a seafood place, I'm going to spend that kind of money. I want deep sea scallops. That's what I want. I want right. steamers. I want a great lobster. And I want a scallop plate. So uh, my friend Bob said last week, I'm really dying for some seafood. I want some steamers. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I guess we could try Joe Fish, but just don't order the scallops because... You know, it's the baby scallops. Yeah. We, we went in, and we were so pleasantly surprised. First, the guy who owns it went out and bought a bunch of windows, like barn windows, and then screwed them into the back of each booth. So your booth doesn't stop at, like, the bottom of, of your neck, right? It goes all the way up, so now you have total privacy. Yeah. Which, by the way, with me, I don't want to see people when I'm eating. 
right? Yeah. I don't want people coming over and saying they like the show. I don't want people coming over and saying they love the newspaper. All that stuff is great, but when I'm eating, please just leave me alone. Right. And a lot of people, most people respect that, and they'll catch you on the way out or on the way in, but some people don't. Some people will see you eating your food and will come over and talk to you for 35 minutes while you're trying to eat, and I appreciate the, 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 the praise, but I want to eat, you know? Right. So this way, we go into Joe Fish, we sit in the corner with all these, these big um, barn windows behind us, and, and, and it's like we're in total isolation. It's great. So I ordered the seafood platter, and it's not on the menu. So I said to her, seafood platter is not on the menu. She said, well, it says baked, but we can fry it for you if you want. I said, oh, so it's not on the menu, but you can give it to me anyway? She's like, yeah, I'm like, 20 points. So I ordered the seafood platter. It came out, and first thing I went for was the scallops. And they weren't the baby scallops. They were a little bit bigger, but they were pretty much baby scallops. But they were good. And the rest of the food was really good. And the service was really good. And the prices were a little bit lower than they were before COVID. So we left there, and my friend Bob, who'd never been there, said, you know what? That was so good. I want to come back tomorrow night. So we want to give a shout-out to Joe Fish. And what I've decided to do is in the newspaper, we used to have Joel Ferretti used to do our food column, but it got too politically... He was taking too much political shit for being in my newspaper because I criticized his colleagues. So he stopped, which was disappointing because it's not a political column. I thought he'd at least keep doing that, but okay, whatever. So I started thinking about it when we left Joe Fish the other night, and I said, maybe in in every edition of the Valley Patriot, what we'll do, sponsor or not, when we find a restaurant that has stepped up their game since COVID, we're going to write a good restaurant review. Rather than saying... This Because there's five places that I used to love, and I used to love to go to them. They were like my go-to places. And there's, there's five of them that I now no longer want to go to. One's a Chinese food place. One's a seafood place. One is that Mexican place, which I gave them three, at least three, maybe four chances. And so now I'm looking for other places. So if you know of a good restaurant, I know there's a great place on um, Facebook. There's a great page on Facebook called Mary McValley Eats. Ooh. It almost seems as like it's sponsored content sometimes, though. You know what I'm saying? It almost seems like the people that are going and taking pictures of their food, the food pictures seem a little too professional to me. Okay. doesn't seem like, like people are with their phone taking a picture of their meal. It kind of seems different. Um, but there are some good recommendations there. Uh, but if you've got a good recommendation for a restaurant place that you think has gone above and beyond since we've reopened since COVID, send me a message on Facebook Send me an email. We will go there. And if it's good, if it's really good, if they've stepped up their game, if they're not using COVID as an excuse for terrible service, we will write a good review about them and we will try and drive business to their establishment. Because, we're, listen, we're all small. I'm a small business. I own the Valley Patriot. That's a small business. We have the show. That's also kind of another small business. And we're in business to help small businesses. Right. Pepsi does not buy full-page ads in the Valley Patriot. No. Taco Bell, although we wish they would, because I'm there like three days a week, <laughs> does not buy ads in the Valley. It's the small mom and pop shops. It's the it's the um, the small it's the the lawyers like Ted Fairburn. It's the small landscaping places like Pleasant Valley. It's the small locally owned businesses that support us, and that's where we make our money. So um, I go out of my way to try and help small businesses. And it doesn't have to be a food place either. There are places um, we're gonna we, we have, there's a, a a self-serve dog wash place right down here on Salem and 28 that just opened. We're gonna go in and we're gonna pitch to them. Look, if you just spend a little bit of money with us, like a couple hundred dollars a month, you buy a small ad, we'll put you on Kane's corner page. We have Kane, our German Shepherd, yeah. who does his own column every month. 
Yeah. And he's kind of snarky. I like that. Like he's got <laughs> his own cute little personality. Um, and he does a lot of stuff with the veterans, and he does a lot of stuff in the community to help. We'll bring Kane there. We'll get him a cut. We'll get him a dog wash, and we'll have Kane write a story about you. And if you stay with us every month, we'll put you know that ad on Kane's page. That's that's what we're going <laughs> to pitch to them, right? And I could easily just go in and say, screw the whole Kane thing. Just go in and say, hey, why don't you buy an ad for half you know, half page ad? Six hundred, seven hundred bucks. What can you do? What can we do? Right. But we're trying to help small businesses, so we've cut our prices. Actually, we didn't cut our prices. What we did was we said, if you come in and you buy a half page ad, we're going to give you a full page at no cost. If you come in and you buy a quarter page ad, we're going to give you a half page at no no extra cost. So whatever you're paying for for an ad, any new advertisers that come in, if you're buying a quarter page ad, when you open the paper, don't be too surprised to see a half a page. At no extra cost. We're not going to bill you for the extra because we're trying to let people know now that everything's starting to reopen that that you need to help these small local businesses stay in business because that's going to help the local economy and that helps everybody. All right. So we did what? About 15 minutes just on food, right? Uh, we've been on for 30 minutes. Now. 30 minutes? Yeah. All right. Well, very good. That's counting backwards. Oh, boy. <laughs> all right. Very good. So, uh, all right. So last week we did a show. I think it was probably the best show I've done yet. At it was least, very. At, at least it's in the it's in the running for top top show. Yeah, you're you gonna say something. Oh, I just I think it was very very interesting content. I think it was very controversial. Right. I think it would have yeah definitely got us a lot of people. And I was really surprised with no watch parties what what our ratings were. Our video ratings were like almost a thousand people watching it, which is shocking to me because I always thought most of our most of our views on Facebook came from me doing watch parties. But as it turns out, maybe not so much. Um, Time will tell. I mean, we, we did get a lot from the watch parties, but I, I thought we were going to be way down in numbers, and we weren't. Um, I'm glad. Something interesting about last week's show, though, that I wanted to share with you, besides all the hate mail that I got calling me a racist, which is always fun. And someday, I promise you, I will come in with hate mail. I will come in. I'm going to spend a whole day someday coming. I'm just going to read my hate mail because it's fucking hilarious. We can make show after show on It that. is downright <laughs> hilarious some of the things people accuse me of in their emails to the point where like, I, I actually sometimes will answer them and say, are you sure you weren't watching a different podcast? <laughs> like, are you sure, like, are you sure this was, was this addressed to the wrong person? Yeah. Because <laughs> I have no idea what it is you, that you're talking about. So we did a show last week and the show was not about police brutality because that's what everybody was talking about and that's what everybody's still talking about. What I talked about last week was what led up to the police brutality and what did the defendants or the suspects, whatever you want to call them, what did they do that led up to them getting their asses kicked or killed that they could have done differently? Like I think about like my mom, right? My mom would always say like if I got, went out and got in trouble, even though it was the other guy's fault that he punched me in the face, oh, her answer would be, yeah, but you're not supposed to be in that neighborhood. Right. So if you weren't in that neighborhood, he wouldn't have seen you and he wouldn't have been able to punch you in the face, right? My parents always used to but what did you do? Right. Like no, so, one, no one walked up out of nowhere and mm-hmm. just punched you in the mouth. What did you do? Right. So it's not like the cop that killed George Floyd was out looking to gun down a black guy that day. And that was kind of my point of last week. That had George Floyd not resisted arrest, he'd be alive today. He contributed to his own death. That doesn't mean the cop is innocent. It doesn't mean it, – it, it makes no comment. That comment that I made makes absolutely no reference whatsoever to whether the, I thought the cop was right, the cop was wrong, the cop was a murderer, Right. I only wanted to focus on what led up to it. And we talked about the Duante. I called him Duante Williams for a whole show, but I think his name is Duante Wright. Uh, uh-huh. we, we talked about the guy in Virginia, yes. uh, the guy that was a National Guardsman. And we talked about what led up to it. Well, I got a call from and a visit from two different friends, female friends who have kids. 
who said, both of them, that they were listening to my show in their car with their kids in the car. And one of them said, my kids were horrified by what you were saying. Because, not that they disagreed with it, but that you were saying it out loud. And one of my daughters, she says to me, told me if I said that, even though it's true, if I said that in school, I'd be suspended. She's afraid that if she said that in school, she'd be suspended. And I thought, wow, first of all, I gotta share that with my audience. Because this is, this is the state that we've come to in America now where if you're a kid, especially if you're a white kid, and you're in the public school system, and you have just a different view of what everybody else thinks. Let's say you're a high school kid and you think that Derek Chauvin was a murderer and he should get the death penalty. But you also happen to believe that had George Floyd not resisted arrest, he'd still be alive. And you verbalize that. It's not peer pressure that you have to worry about, although I'm sure that's an issue. It's not your fellow classmates being mad at you or calling you a racist that you really have to worry about. It's the teachers and the administrators that you have to worry about because our education system has been taken over by Marxists. It just has. And I know Neil Perry, who is the mayor of Methuen, although sometimes I think it's Steve Saber, but when Neil Perry was the mayor of Methuen, when he was here, would always poo-poo that, because that's not the general consensus. He's a general consensus guy. He, he believes what Fauci tells him. He believes what CNN tells him. And that's what most people are. That's why I'm using him as an example. He's like most average people. And most average people just kind of believe what they're told. But if you think about it, and you germinate over it, and you debate it with your friends, and you happen to have a slightly different opinion, like you, you agree that Jarek Chauvin's a murderer, you think he, sh- he shouldn't have had his knee on his neck, you think he should go to jail maybe get the death penalty, but you also happen to believe that George Floyd contributed to his own death by resisting arrest, you can, you can get suspended for that in school, Right? Your, your teachers won't look at you the same, and you might even get bad grades for it because they're going to take it out on you because you're not following the proletariat. You're not following the program. Public education, public schools no longer educate kids. They indoctrinate kids. Mm. And I, I remember when I was at Lawrence High School way back in like, you know, when they invented fire back in 1985, I had Mr. Roosh in my class. Uh, he was my teacher for history. And we, had, we were talking about... Um, slavery, and reconstruction. And he broke us up into two groups. And he said, this group are going to be the slaves, and this group are going to be the white slave owners. And had us discuss with each other the issue of slavery from the perspective of the white slave owners and the, slave, and, and the slaves. Now, I didn't really know a whole lot about slavery back then. I was a high school kid. I'd seen Roots. I... I but I didn't really understand it the way today we kind of understand it. We've evolved since 1984-85. But through those, those classroom discussions, I learned more about slavery, more about the horrors of slavery, more about the horrors of racism, more about Reconstruction and how black people were screwed after they were, they were freed. Mm-hmm. Most people don't know that the, the, the slaves were freed, and then we screwed them again. Mm. Right? Like we were supposed to give them money, we were supposed to give them land, and, and basically we screwed them. We wouldn't let them vote, we wouldn't let them own property, we wouldn't let them open businesses. And I didn't really know most of that stuff. I mean, I knew slavery existed, I knew we, that, that we had a country where some people owned other people and that that was wrong, but didn't understand the depth of it. Wow. You couldn't do that today. No. If a high school teacher today said, we're going to break kids up and we're going to do it, 
We're going to have a discussion from, the, from both perspectives, which, by the way, he was doing that. Uh, his name was Andy Roosh, one of the best teachers I ever had. He was doing that not so that we could understand the perspective of the slave owners, but so that by the end of the discussion, we, were, we would realize how absurd the position of the slave owners were. Right. Right? Because you're basically asking kids to defend an indefensible position. And by the end of those, and I think it was about a week of discussions that we did, by the time it was over, we were all horrified by the fact that anybody could justify owning another human being for any reason. And the only other thing that I think I learned from that was that the slave owners themselves were born into that environment, right? Right. So you're a white guy, you're born to white parents, you're on a plantation in Georgia or Alabama, um, you see growing up that there are these people that your family owns, right. they serve you, yeah. and you grow up in that environment. It normalizes it to it, you. Right. And so, so when you grow up in that environment, it's kind of hard to judge them by today's standard, although we now do recognize that it's wrong. Yeah. And I think what we should be doing is looking back and seeing how far we've come since then rather than trying to go back to that. Right. Um, we can't make up for what's already happened. Like, right. You- yeah. Right. So I'm I'm listening but to my friend. Be I'm listening to my friend tell me this about how her kids can't told her they could never say in school what I said on my show, mm-hmm. and it made me realize the importance of this show. Yes. Because people need to be free to say what they really believe without being called a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, or whatever else. And by the way, I get called that all the time. I couldn't give a shit less. Because I ran for office when I was in my 20s. I won when I was in my 20s. And back then, the big issue was bilingual education. You had Spanish-speaking teachers that couldn't speak English teaching bilingual in the Lawrence schools, and I was against that. Let's get people who speak both languages. They can teach kids English. So they can get a job when they get out of high school. And guess what they called me every day? Every day, I was a racist. Every day in the paper, on the radio, people 15 deep at public participation to call me a racist. So you can call me a racist all you want. If you think that hurts, it doesn't hurt. Because most of my friends are like black and Latino. Most of my friends are minorities. I mean, I I have a lot of white friends too, but most of my friends are not white. And so when you call me a racist, they laugh. Like they think it's funny. Like do they know anything about you? And I'm like, no, obviously they don't. So why would I care what some random stranger thinks I am? And by the way, why do you at home? You're, You're afraid to be called a racist or you're afraid to be called a homophobe or you're afraid to be called something else. And I guess my question for you is why? It, it, they're only words. Sticks and stones, it doesn't hurt, right? I mean, I've had people make racist comments at me, right? When I was younger, I grew up in Lawrence. And I grew up in Lawrence when Lawrence is making a big transformation from being mostly white to being now mostly Latino, mostly Dominican. Because back then it was Puerto Ricans came in first and it was mostly Puerto Rican. Then Dominicans started coming in, some of the Puerto Ricans left, and now it's mainly Dominican. But I can't tell you how many times I was walking in North Lawrence to go to the Central Dance, Central Catholic Dance, when I was in high school, and I'm walking up Hampshire Street, and I hear, hey, white boy, you out your neighborhood, and then chase me to kick my ass for being in the wrong neighborhood. That's racism. I'm sorry. Now, is it the same level of racism that some black people deal with? No, it's probably not. But it is racism. And there's nobody in this world, I don't think, that hasn't at least been the subject of some kind of racism. But here's the difference between, I guess, when we were growing up and today. When we were growing up, it was sticks and stones. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me. 
as long as they're not beating me up, as long as I can run faster than them and they're not beating me up, I really couldn't give two shits if somebody insulted me for being white. Hey, white boy, what the hell is that? You couldn't say, hey, black boy, what you doing out of your neighborhood, God, no. right? You'd have the civil no. rights division of the FBI knocking on your door. But they're only words, right? They're only words. So if someone's going to call you a racist, it's the same dynamic. It's only words. Do you want to call me a racist? Do you want to call me a horrible person? That's fine. Want to call me a neo-Nazi? I don't know how a Jew can be neo-Nazi. I get called a Nazi all the time. And I'm like, you do realize I'm Jewish, right? Like, how does that work? I want to exterminate myself? (laughs) And then they're like, oh, 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 oh. Because they're not even thinking about what they're saying. So why do you care? Why do you care what other people call you? What's sad, though, is if you're a white kid in high school in a public school like my friend's daughter is, you do have to worry. Because it's not your peers that you have to worry calling you a racist. It's your teachers. It's your guidance counselor. It's the administrators. It's your assistant principals. Because they're all on board with this woke Marxism. They all are. And I did a whole show, I, uh, I think maybe about six months ago, talking about the real systemic racism in America is in our public education system. And if you don't believe me, just think about this very simple concept. The kids in Lawrence, are, it's 96% of the kids that go to the Lawrence Public School are not white. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of the kids that go to North Andover High School are white. The kids who graduate from Lawrence High School are not getting the same education as the kids graduating from North Andover High School. That's a fact. Kids in Lawrence will tell you that. Kids in North Andover will tell you that. The kids who go to Lawrence High School are not getting the same level of education as the kids in North Andover. Now, why is that? Well, it can't be resources because Lawrence gets 150% of their budget paid for by the state and federal government. Hmm. They have twice as much money per capita given to them to educate kids in Lawrence than the kids in North Andover. Kids in the, the North Andover schools don't, don't qualify for all of the big grants that Lawrence gets because it's a majority white community. So North Andover is doing more with less. Lawrence is doing less with more. Why is that? It's not because Dominicans are stupid. It's not because people who aren't white are dumber than white people. That's what the white supremacists think. And by the way, it's also what the left-wing Marxists think. It's what the teachers think. It's what the administrators think. There's no difference between... I get a lot of shit for this on Facebook the other day. There's no difference between the left and their woke Marxism and the right and neo-Nazis. They both believe the exact same thing. You know what the difference is? The Nazis are honest about it. The Nazis say, yeah, we hate black people. Yeah, we want segregation. Mm. The left, they say, no, 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 we're doing it for anti-racism. They flip the equation and try to pretend that what they want to achieve if you take it to their ends is segregation and racism. Here's what's interesting about the left. Whenever we have the gun discussion, I happen to think that we could solve gun violence with more guns. If more people were armed, they could defend themselves. Fewer people would be willing to walk into some place and shoot it up. Because they know there'd be people shooting back, right? Colin Ferguson stepped onto a, uh, onto a, uh, a subway platform back in the 80s. I remember, I remember doing a story about this in college and getting a D because my professor didn't agree with me. But he stepped onto a subway platform and shot about 80 people. Mm. Had one person in New York on that subway had a gun to fire back, maybe he would have only shot five people. Maybe he only would have shot 20 people. Mm -hmm. 
but he probably wouldn't have got to 80 people. And, and don't look it up and say I got the number wrong. It was a lot of people, okay? It wasn't 80 exactly. Right. But he shot a lot of people. Almost the whole car ended up dead. Wow. Had one person had a gun to defend themselves and shoot back, that many people would not have died. Now, I happen to believe more guns solves the gun issue. Liberals will say, the left will say, oh, we're time up already, really? The left will say, well, you, you want to solve gun violence with more guns? That doesn't make sense. I can see why they would have that perspective. And if you have that perspective and you happen to be a leftist, let me ask you this question as we wrap up the show. If you don't think we can solve gun violence with more guns, why do you think we can solve racism with more racism? Right? It seems to me that the solution to racism that we hear from the Democrat Party and the left, and by the way, way too many Republicans, is that in order to correct the racism of the past, we have to be racist against white people now. In order to make it even, in order to even it out, in order to correct the racism of previous generations that held back black people or non-white people, we now have to be racist against white people. Well, you can't hold both of those views. You can't say that you can't solve guns with more guns and then say we can solve racism with more racism. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, you just can't. And yet this is where we are in America. And it's very sad. We're We're being torn apart. And what's even more sad is if you tell the truth, even if you agree with the left on 99% of where they stand, a.k.a. Derek Chauvin, who's a murderer, who's now going to spend the rest of his life in jail and probably should, but even if you disagree, disagree with them on one, one part of that, a.k.a. George Floyd did contribute to his own death, you get attacked. You can lose your job. A police officer actually lost his job this week in Norfolk. I think it was Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk County, Virginia, but don't hold me to the place, um, because he gave a $5 donation to Kyle Rittenhouse. Hmm. He was the guy that shot two people during the riots in Minneapolis. Right. A cop lost his job for making a $5 donation to the defense fund of someone accused of murder. Hasn't been convicted yet. So Public perception. I wanted to talk about why I'm in Facebook jail, but I just ate way too much time. So we're going we're gonna, to... I am in Facebook jail for 30 days. Um, if you want to interact with me, I have a public celebrity page. Um, type in Tom Duggan Jr. on Facebook. Find my page. Like it. Share it. And follow it. My goal is to get as many people who are following me on my personal page over to the celebrity page. Because as I get in Facebook jail more and more lately, they seem to be clamping down more and more on what, I, what, on what I'm doing. Um, you need to find a place to find me so that we can still get good news up. Also, you can do the Valley Patriot. Can we do it just like three seconds to pull that up? Okay. Oh. To pull up the thing of why I'm in Facebook jail. Why are you fed? You don't want to save it for next week? We're running, uh, we're running a little low. Okay, all right. That's fine. We'll do it next week. I'll show you next week why I'm in Facebook jail. Um, I want to thank our sponsors, AFC. Urgent Care, HS Investigations, Borelli's Deli. Every time I say that, my mouth waters. Uh, EIS Investigation and Gun Training on Pleasant Street, Methuen. A&M Auto Body with Angelo over there. Marshan and Sun Construction. Pleasant Valley Landscaping. Ever since Neil Perry left, I don't get it. I don't. We have twice. Well, whatever. Uh, Happy Crab down here in Salem, New Hampshire, and uh, Attorney uh, Methuen Attorney Ted Fairburn. He does. Um, he does, uh, you can roll up uh, Melvin Telly. He does uh, workers' compensation law. You know what? Well, it's, it's relevant. You should tell the people about your, your Facebook jail. You sure? Yep. Let's do it, Tom. All right. So I'm in Facebook jail for 30 days for this post. All right? And maybe this is going to get us all put in Facebook jail again. Can you read it for the people? So um, I, I can if I pull it up on my screen. 
So this is a Wall Street Journal story, okay? This is a Wall Street Journal story about the fact that in Chile, the nation of Chile, that's in South America if you're not sure, the nation of Chile, uh, according to the Wall Street Journal, has determined that the first doses of the, of the coronavirus vaccine that they got from China, China is manufacturing their own vi- uh, vaccines, yeah. that the vaccines that went to Chile from China don't work. Now, it wasn't Tom Duggan saying don't take the vaccine. It wasn't Tom Duggan saying I'm against vaccines. I'm not against vaccines. I'm actually very pro-vaccine. Yeah. I didn't say it when uh, Rayla Campbell was here, though. I didn't want to get beat up. <laughs> um, but I'm very pro-vaccine. All I did was post the story from the Wall Street Journal saying that the first doses of Chinese coronavirus uh, vaccines that came from China, the vaccine, not necessarily the, the virus, don't work in Chile. That's what the Chile officials are saying. And at the top, as you saw, I wrote, well, duh, it came from China. Yeah. Right? Have you ever bought anything that was made in China at Walmart and then bought the same thing that was not made in China at another store? And had the one from the, uh, that was made in America break first? No. The one from China always breaks first because they use cheaper products, cheaper, cheaper labor. So all I was doing was making a comment that, well, of course, the vaccine coming from China is probably not going to work because most things that come from China don't work. Right? I mean, it's all cheap stuff that you buy. You're buying it on the flight because you need something right away, usually. But it, it certainly says an awful lot about Facebook. Yep that they are completely and totally in bed with the Chinese Communist Party, that you cannot even, and I'm, I'm hoping that they're not going to take this podcast now that we did this, I'm hoping they're not going to take it down, but you cannot even criticize, and I'm not criticizing Chinese people, I'm criticizing the products that come from China, specifically the vaccine on this particular case. And for that, I can no longer use Facebook for 30 days on my own account. Huh. That's it, right? So I've got other people that administer the Tom Duggan celebrity account, but I do have access to it. And I have other people that administer the Valley Patriot account because we still need to be able to put out news when Facebook's mad at me for my opinions. And thank God we don't put opinions on the Valley Patriot page, so we're good there, at least so far. We'll find out after the show airs, yep. right? Um, but it's, it's, it's awfully discouraging that it makes people like me, a free speech guy, worry when I'm posting something if it criticizes China, if it criticizes the woke culture, um, the last time I was in Facebook jail because Kyle Rittenhouse um, had hired the defense attorney that represented, I think, George Zimmerman, I think. And I posted it and said, yeah, go Kyle. Like, you know, get the best representation you can. And that was 30 days yeah. for that, for cheering on Kyle Rittenhouse. Because it doesn't matter if Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent. It doesn't matter if he was shooting somebody because of self-defense. And maybe he wasn't. But it doesn't matter. The left has determined that Kyle Rittenhouse is going to be the poster boy for evil white racist Nazis. And even though none of the facts comport with that, if you try to deny that, if you try to disagree with that, you're going to be taken off Facebook because dissenting opinions are not allowed. Next week when we talk, because I'd love to go another 20 minutes on this, we're going to talk about how libertarians cause this problem. Yeah, I figure we'll touch on it again next week, but people deserve to know. We've been teasing them all all show about. So, all right, so we want to thank all our right. sponsors and uh, especially Happy Crab. Well, maybe I'll even grab a lobster on my way home today, but I got to stop at Pirelli's Deli. And you can roll up Melvin Taylor. Yeah. I'm going to get him to come in and do the show. 
Maybe we we'll just come in and have them do a whole show with us and just play music. That'd be How about awesome. that? Awesome. You know what? I think I like that. I think yeah. I like that idea. What do we also want to do, Tom? We want to ask people at the moment because we forget every week. We right. get so excited. Subscribe, Subscribe like, yes. share, please. Subscribe get- to our YouTube channel, Paying Attention Podcast. There are a couple of them called Paying Attention, so put Paying Attention with my name. Please like and uh, subscribe to that because eventually we are going to be able to get enough subscribers to make money on that yeah. channel, and that's going to be good for me. That it's going to inspire me to come in and continue doing the show even when I don't want to. Yeah, I get to keep my job. And Chrissy gets to keep her job. <laughs> All right, so we will see you next week here in the Paying Attention Podcast. I want to thank the uh, Studio 21 Podcast Cafe and the United Podcast Network. Oh, I don't want to thank them too soon. We'll thank, we'll thank them next week and yeah, see if they pull us up. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining what could be our last show. We'll find out. Yep. Hopefully we'll see you next week. Right, and make sure you pick up the Valley Patriot newspaper. It sounds like Melvin Taylor says we got to go home. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.